But then we realized that by January 6th sometime, like, man, I don't know if I really could um, keep up with that. I don't know if I can really do that. You know, we set the goal of, I'm going to start eating this, I'm going to start drinking that, I'm going to start smoking it, I'm going to start going around this person, I'm going to start doing this. And then January 6th come, because it's real easy to do that on December 31st. We can list out 10 things, but then January 6th come, and it's been six days now, and it's like, man, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. You know, because even back in the day when I used to, you know, partake of the herb, meaning marijuana for most people who don't know, I stopped a whole bunch of times. <laughs> but I only quit once. You know, I stopped a whole bunch of times. I stopped. I stopped on uh, Monday and started back on Monday evening. You know, I stopped Tuesday, started back Tuesday evening. You know, so I stopped a bunch of times, but I only quit once because it gets hard sometimes. It does. It gets hard when we're trying to, to, to resolve something in our life. And, and it kind of it throws us out of balance, out of balance. Because what happens is we got this one thing pulling us over here and we got this other thing pulling us over there. So we out of balance. Because when you when you walk in on a balance beam, you know, unless you're a world-class gymnast, when you walk on a balance beam or walking on some little thin thing, you can do what? You hold your arms out so that you can keep balance. Because you're either gonna sway to one side or the other. Amen. 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 Because balance is important, right? Amen. Amen. I'm not going nowhere. I'm coming right back. <laughs> balance is important, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because I'm going to try to attempt something right here. It's a magic trick. But see, balance is, I'm going to try to talk and balance this thing at the same time. It's going to be hard. But see, balance is very important, right? Because as I'm balancing this broom, I know that's as I'm balancing this broom, now see, I can look at y'all, but see how hard it is to balance this while I'm looking at y'all? I can't even start it. See, I have to look at this to balance it. And what else am I having to do? Keep moving around. Right? See, that's the whole thing about balance. Balance is, is like everything else in this world, is, is governed by law. It's governed by law. There's three laws to balance. There's three laws to balance. The first law is the one of the most important ones, because most things that come first is the important. The first thing is maintain a reference point. See, as long as I'm looking at the top of this room, I can keep it balanced. And when I start looking at y'all, it falls. And I didn't make that fall on purpose. That's just how I do it. You, you got to maintain a reference point. That's rule number one of balance. Maintain your reference point. Rule number two is what, what somebody said I was doing was moving around. But really that's the law of constant correction. To maintain balance, you got you to gotta keep uh, maintaining your reference point. You got to constantly correct. And you got to have an objective. My objective was to balance that broom. Amen? But now it's funny how those are the laws of balancing an object, but guess what? Those are also the laws of balancing yourself with God. Because see, to balance yourself with God, which is what I'm talking about today, getting in balance with God, because if you got a resolution or a goal or a purpose or whatever you're trying to do in this new year, 
You're not going to be able to accomplish it if you're out of balance with God. Because, see, God is a balance and an and a, and a even kill God. He don't hear you not too much this or too little of that. He's even killed. So that means that you got to be in balance and in tune and in harmony with him. So if you're going to accomplish anything, the first place to start is to have balance with God. That means that you got to do what? Maintain a reference point. You got to do what? Constantly correct. And do what? Have a clear objective. See, we got to weave these three laws into our thinking about God. When we're thinking about God, we got to say, am I being balanced with God? Am I maintaining my reference point? Am I constantly correcting? Am I having a clear objective of what I'm trying to do? See, now here's a quick question for somebody. What happens immediately when you fall out of balance with God? Listen to the question, man. What happens immediately when you fall out of balance with God? Possibly fall or take, but but listen to this. It's a trick question. I give you the what happens immediately when you fall out of balance with God. I'm talking about just in the in the physical. Let's, let's not let's not be spiritual right now. Let's not be so. Let's not be. <laughs> immediately, what happens if you fall out of balance with God? Nothing. Nothing. You don't see the repercussions immediately. You don't see them right then. It's not like Pinocchio. See, if it weren't like Pinocchio, when you tell a lie, your nose grow. Or if you sin, your nose would grow. See, some of us would be having noses like this, right? Amen? Just keep them telling the truth. Me, myself included. Because see, sin is what? Just separation from God. It don't mean you're doing something wicked or dastardly. It just means you Separate yourself from God. You're not walking according to his will all the time. So when you fall out of the balance with God, it doesn't immediately it doesn't happen. Nothing happens. You don't even see the effects of it. And there lies the danger. There lies the danger. Because see, we as human beings, we have a tendency, we'll correct something that happens immediately to us. We'll correct something that happens immediately to if 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 you fall down and, and you hurt yourself and you hurt your knee, you correct yourself immediately. Or or if you do if you do um say for instance, if you write a bad check and the money ain't there, then the bank seems something, you immediately correct that financial situation. So anything that happens to us immediately, anything we have an immediate consequence for, we tend to correct. Amen. Amen. But a lot of us or walking around out of balance with God, not realizing that we are out of balance because there's no immediate consequence. Because, see, God works on the law of harvest. God works on the law of harvest, meaning that you sow now and you what? Reap later. And not only do you reap later, but you reap later greater. So, see, you can sow a little bit now and you can reap a whole lot more than you even sow later. Amen. Because one apple seed does what? Produces an apple tree, which produces apples. Amen. But guess what? That same rule applies no matter what you're sowing. See, so if you're sowing bad things into your life, then guess what? You might have just sowed one little bad choice in your life 10 years ago, but now you're reaping the harvest of it right now. And it's coming on later and greater than you ever thought. 
But see, when you made that choice 10 years ago, you didn't realize because there was no immediate consequence to it. There was no immediate consequence. See, there was no immediate consequence when I was in college and, and I was signing up for every credit card that they would have on campus just so I could get the free little cup or the t-shirt and all that. There was no immediate consequence. There was no immediate consequence to me running the bill all the way up, just charging pizza and going to the club. There was no immediate consequence. Old but later and old but greater. See, there's no immediate consequence when you sign no promissory notes with the student loan. There is no immediate consequence. You get your little money, you pay the school, you get a refund check, and you go party. There's no immediate consequence. Oh, but later, when Sally May and her gang come for you, you can't even bankrupt Sally May. She's getting her money regardless. Regardless, see that when we have immediate consequence, if they say, "Oh, if you get this money today, you gonna have to pay tomorrow or else," there's immediate consequences. We would think twice about signing something. We would think twice about that because there's an immediate consequence. And see, we can walk around out of balance with God forever and not know it. Imagine that, and you thinking that you're in balance with Him because see, God is like this. He said in Genesis 6, 3, he said, God will not contend with the flesh forever. Contend, or he said strive in the King James. Contend meaning that he won't fight with the flesh forever. That's why he limited our days on earth. Meaning that, guess what? You were born out of balance. Because he, he said, I ain't going to put up with this all forever. See, we were initially meant to be living forever. That was what we were created to be. We were created in his likeness. He's an eternal God, so we were meant to be eternal. But then Adam and, and messed up and did, his, did what he did, and guess what? God said, I ain't dealing with this forever. I'm, y'all can't last forever. I'm not going to contend with you. I'm not going to fight with you forever. So that automatically means that we are out of balance. What does the word say? We're born in sin and what? And iniquity. So we already out of balance. So if you're thinking that you're not out of balance, then you're sadly mistaken. Our whole purpose in life is to maintain balance. First of all, to get back into balance, and then secondly, to maintain balance. But see, a lot of us, if, if we're driving around in cars that are out of balance, meaning the cars are our body. But just because we're not shaking, because you know you got an out-of-balance car, it, it vibrates, the steering wheel vibrates, it shifts all over into the road. But just because you're not veering to the right or you're not veering to the left and you don't feel the wobbling and the shaking yet, doesn't mean you're not out of balance. Amen. Because in Mark chapter 4, Jesus talks to the Pharisees. They thought they were very much in balance. They knew the word. They went to church. They told people. They killed people straight. They were like, you're not doing this law, so you're wrong. You're not doing this law. This is what you need to do. They knew it inside and out. That's how some of us are today. We got a Bible so highlighted, it looked like a rainbow in the inside. <laughs> Scripture quotes. Yes. Thinking we got it all together. But Jesus told this to the Pharisees. He said, you hearing, but not understanding. You seeing, but not perceiving. See, that means you out of balance. You think you hearing the word of God, but you're not understanding the word of God. You think you seeing the word of God, but you're not perceiving the word of God. Amen. See, it's one thing to quote the scripture. It's one thing to know the scripture. 
Amen. See, you, I, I much rather you tell me the, the principle of the scripture or to know that you are healed by his stripes than be able to quote that it came out of Isaiah. And see, I couldn't even tell you where it comes from, but I can tell you that it's a scripture that's real because that's what I stood on when I was going through what I was going through. And he's saying, by his stripes, I am healed. So therefore, I knew nothing else could be. Amen. But I couldn't tell you right now off the top of my head what book in Isaiah is in. Don't care what book is in because guess what? It's in the book of my heart. Amen. Amen. See, we can't think we got it all together and realize that we might be missing out on something. That we missing out on something. So we got to realize that even if we are in balance, what gets us out of balance? Sin and circumstance. Sin is just simply this. See, we get sin, and I'll teach on that one day, but just real quick, we get sin so misconstrued because we're like, well, I don't sin. Yeah, well, you, you, just, you just did. <laughs> you just did because you told a lie. Because guess what? Sin is something that is that you do that's outside of the will of God. That's it. That's it. Now, there's a whole bunch of subcategories like, you know, immoral, sexual immorality and, and, and cussing out folks and the strife and uh, dissension and all that, the, the spirit, the fruits of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. So, you, you know, you can get a subset list if you want one and you can say, well, I ain't on this one and I ain't on that one. But guess what? If God told you to go and pay somebody car note and you didn't do it, you just sinned. Even though you ain't on the list, even though you, you you sexually moral, you don't cuss out nobody, you don't have confusion going in your life, but you didn't listen to God. You didn't listen to God. You was like Jonah. Jonah, he told Jonah to do what? Go to, go to Nineveh. What did Jonah do? I ain't going. That's a sin. Anytime that you're outside of the will of God, anytime that you're walking away from what God has told you to do, that is called sin. Sin is separation is now. S-I-N. Separation is now. Sin separates you from God. It puts a wall up. It puts a gap up. That's why Jesus came. He's the bridge over that water called sin. The separation. The gap. Amen. And circumstances can get us out of balance. Circumstances. See, when, when I was balancing this, and I was saying you maintain a point of reference. As long as I'm focusing on what I'm doing, I can balance it. I'm correcting a little bit, but then when I look at the circumstances around me, it begins to fall. I'm not going to hit you, babe. I promise. I promise. <laughs> I promise. If I hit you, we got insurance. We good. <laughs> but circumstances will cause you to lose focus. When Peter got out the boat, Jesus called him out the boat, he was walking on the water, and he was doing all right. That's what we do sometimes. We get out the boat, and I got this going on. I'm straight, God. I'm in balance with you. Everything going on. But then what happens? It says in the word that he perceived the wind. Now, that's a key thing, perceive the wind. Meaning he didn't even feel it really. He didn't, he didn't necessarily see it. He just, it just was in his mind. He perceived it. He thought that there was something that was going on. And that's what a lot of times we'll do. We'll take our eyes off the prize because we perceive things that are around us. We, we start worrying. We start getting anxious. We start getting upset. We start getting frustrated. And then we fall out of balance. We fall out of balance. We take our eyes off the prize, so to speak. Amen? So we got to maintain balance with God. We got to maintain balance with God. Now, 
Somebody might be saying, well, he ain't read a scripture yet, really. <laughs> What's the foundation of this? God talks about these three laws right in a, in a very common scripture that we all do. And that's why I'm saying about the fact of we, we know the scripture a lot of time, we hear it, but we don't understand it. We don't perceive what really is there. Everybody turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Because one thing I was commissioned with that God gave me, he, he, he told me to always, whenever possible, to teach the scriptures that make people fall asleep. And I never understood what he was talking about until recently. And that basically is that we see a lot of these scriptures, they become so cliche to us that we repeat them and we say them all the time, but we don't realize what's really going on behind the scripture. We don't really realize what God is really trying to give us, what we're trying to perceive. We don't want to be like the Pharisees, always hearing but not understanding, always seeing but not perceiving. Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to start in verse 2 out of the New American Standard. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Very common scripture, right? Most of us know that. Don't be conformed to the world. You know, we quote it all the time. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. But how many know that that scripture right there really is outlining the laws of balance? It's telling you how to stay balanced with God in that one little verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. How is that the laws of balance? What were the laws of balance again? Maintain what? A reference point. What was the second one? Constant corrections. And what was the third one? Have a clear objective. That's what this is saying right here in Romans 12, verse 2. Maintain a reference point. What's the reference point? Do not be conformed to this world. Meaning your reference point is not the world. Your reference point can't be what everybody else is doing. Your reference point got to be something that is not of the world. I'll tell you what that is in a second. You probably should already know, but we, we know what it's not. Meaning, you can't balance with God looking at the world. Just like I couldn't balance that broom looking at y'all, you, you can't balance your life with God. You can't balance your walk with God if you're looking around, seeing what everybody else doing. Because how he got you walking, how he got you going, might not be how he want me to go. Amen? See, we got to be like David. When David, when Saul was trying to put the armor on David, David said, no, it don't fit right. I, I can't wear this right here. This just give me what I know. Give me my sling and give me five stones and I'll go handle it. Amen. See, we, we look around and we say, well, it worked this way for them and it worked that way for her. So let me try this. No, it says, do not be conformed to the world. Maintain your reference point. The second one, constant corrections. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Constant corrections. 
Transformation is a correction, right? Meaning you transforming, you changing into something, right? That word renewing for the English major present participle. Mm -hmm. Renewing means constantly. Mm -hmm. It don't mean renew and then that's it. Mm -hmm. No, by renewing, constantly correcting your mindset. God know our minds is jacked up sometimes. He know the thoughts that we have in our head. He know the thoughts that we sit there at nighttime like, ooh, if I could just get away with it. <laughs> if I could just get away with it. Why do they have a law that say I can't kill nobody? <laughs> if I could just get away with it. Why do they have taxes that I got to pay. If I could just cheat a little bit and get away with it, why do they got to have options? See, he know the thoughts we have. That's why he says you hold every thought captive. Every thought. Because some of them thoughts pass through. Yeah, you're going to have some holy thoughts, but some of them pass through ain't so holy. Everybody. That's why he says hold every thought, just in case one of them slip through. Yeah, you holy. You got all the scriptures passing through your head at night when you in your prayer closet. But guess what? Every once in a while, it slips through. Can I get away with it? If I could just cuss him out one time. God, you know he's wrong, so just let me get at him just one time. Just let me have a reprieve just one we have thoughts. We have thoughts. So he says, hold every thought captive. Constant correction. Renewing your mind. And then the objective is what? So that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's the laws of balance right there in Romans 12.2. It tells you how to balance your life with God. It means do not be conformed to the world. Maintain your reference point. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Constantly correct yourself so that you may prove what the will of God is. That's your objective. To know what the will of God is for your life. Because how many know that if you're in the will of God, then you ain't got nothing to worry about? See, he has permissive will and then he has ordained will. What does that mean? Permissive will means that there's some things he will allow you to do. He'll allow it He'll allow you to do it. Even sometimes some things that will harm you because he's just trying to break you down. He's just trying to keep you from, 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 from getting too big and mighty in your own head. So he got to break you a little bit through that messy circumstance. Or he can permit you to do some things that are good. He is permissive will. But ordained will, meaning that's the predestined will. That's what he designed you to do when he puts you on this earth. That was a purpose and an intent for him to have you on this earth. That's what the objective is, is to find out what that is. What is your will for me, God? And sometimes that changes every day. What do you have me to do today? What is your will for me today? When you wake up in the morning, you need to ask God, what is it is your will for me today? Right now. Because that's where renewing comes in at. What do I need to do today? But you got to maintain a reference point. That's the first one that I'm going to dig into right now. Is the maintaining a reference point. Maintain a reference point. See, even... Even the world knows that you got to maintain a reference point. When you're balancing that thing, you got to look at it. But even like with cheerleading, and I, I and Jasmine can tell me if I'm wrong, but even in cheerleading, when they building up those pyramids and they stacking, they stacking that girl all the way up so high that if she falls, you know something's going to break. 
She got to maintain a reference point. She got to maintain a focus on one thing. Otherwise, she's going to start wobbling and the whole thing going to fall down. See, they know, even in the world, that you got to maintain a reference point. What is our reference point as Christians? The Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. It says in Matthew what? Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first. Seek first. Seek first. Seek first. What does that mean? It means seek first. Yes, 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 yes. It means seek first. It don't mean seek after you done messed up. It don't mean seek after things done went wrong. It don't mean seek after you done made that decision to buy that house that you can't afford. It don't mean seek the car that you think you want but you can't afford. But they finna hook you up with a high interest running rate and a bad payment. It says seek first. Seek First, the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's nothing simply but seed, time, and harvest. It's the word of God. The word is the seed. So it's saying seek the word. But you're saying, well, I don't understand how God can God can tell me, you know, that, you know, how, how, why should I seek him first when I'm trying to buy a car? Where's that in the word about buying a car? They ain't even had no cars back in 2,000 years ago. Well, guess what? He says in the word dealing with finance, he says, wherever your treasure is, is where your heart is. Wherever your treasure is, meaning your money, your stuff. Where's your stuff? Do you want this stuff more than you want God? Do you want this car more than you want anything else? Is this car that you're trying to get, is this going to cause your family to get messed up because now you got to work a second job just to pay for it? Do you want this stuff more than you want other things? So yes, the word does counsel us. The word covers everything. The word talks more about finances and how to handle your money more than it talks about giving your money. Because God don't want your money. He wants your heart. He don't want your money. He wants your heart. But he knows that your money is where your heart is. Amen. If you want to know how balanced a man is, all you got to do is check two things. His checkbook and his calendar. And I can tell you everything about that person. I don't have to look in their Bible because, like I say, it can look like a rainbow. I can say, well, yeah, man, they, that, that's a that's a God-fearing person right there, boy. They got every scripture in their highlight. They even got notes rolled out on the margin. Man, they got they got some stuff over there. There's some deep revelation in this thing. But guess what? When I looked in his checkbook, I saw a whole bunch of script club receipts. When I looked on his calendar, I saw that, you know, he had all these these little dates that he couldn't explain, but he married. Mm. Hello. My God. Amen. Amen. Let's keep it real now. If you really want to know a person, look at their checkbook and their calendar. Because what did I just say? He said, where your treasure is, meaning your stuff, meaning your time, your talent, and your money, where your stuff is, that's where your heart is. So where you spend your time, that's where your heart is. Where you spend your money, that's where your heart is. Where you spend your talent, that's where your heart is. That's where your balance is. So if you want to know if you're in balance with God, look at your checkbook. If you want to know if you're in balance with God, look at your time. How you spending your time? Where are you spending your time? Who are you spending your time with? What are you doing when you spend your time? It ain't in the Bible. My God. 
It ain't in the Bible. The Bible, you can, you can, you can front me on that. You can, you can trick me on that. Cause it's all colored up. You got the good notes. You ever took every note that every service you ever been to? You got a library bigger than most most mega mega church bookstores. You got a bookshelf full of CDs, tapes, and DVDs. But your checkbook got strip club receipts. That's not balanced. Amen. Amen. Maintain a reference point. Maintain a reference point. It says that we are not to lean to our own understanding. Right? So your, your own understanding is not your reference point. We're not supposed to refer to our understanding as a reference point. We're not supposed to use what we know as a reference point. Because what we know is limited. You only know what you know. You don't even know what you don't know because you don't know it. Amen? Well, you don't know what you don't know because you didn't know that you didn't know it. Because you don't know. <laughs> That's why you can't lean to your own understanding. That's why you can't. Because why would we lean to our own understanding, which is, which is finite, which is limited to what you know, or maybe what your boy know or what your girlfriend know, and they just as limited as you are. Why would we lean to that when we got a God that's infinite? When we got a God that's infinite. When you just sit there. Sometimes I'm at work and I'm on program and I got certain issues. And I always joke and people at work know. I say between God and Google, there ain't nothing I can't figure out. But now notice the order. Where I go first. Between God and Google. Because then God will tell me what to Google. See, see uh, you didn't get that. God will tell me what. So you can't just Google anything because everything come back. There are certain ways you even got to Google stuff that you got to search for stuff. So I, in my mind, I'm sitting there at work. I'm talking to God. God, I got to figure this thing out. How do I really figure this out? I know it can be done. So what, what do I start Googling? And thoughts just start coming to my head. And like people say, you know, something told me. We know what that something is. <laughs> God told me to Google that so that I know what to do. And then guess what? Now, if you think that you, if you think I'm crazy for saying that, God ain't going to tell you what to Google, then guess what? You don't know God. I would say you got religion versus relationship. Because my God, the God I serve, he tells me what to Google. He tells me sometimes what to put on when I ask. He tells me what direction to drive in. You might go the same way down to your job every single day. Why not listen to God one day and say, God, which way do you want me to take the work? Because this might be something else he wants you to see. It might be something else he wants you to discover. But we got to maintain that reference point. We got to maintain the reference point. Turn to John uh, chapter 15 for me real quick. John chapter 15 verse 4. John chapter 15 verse 4. And I'm going to read it. It says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. Now what does all that is abide this and abide that and what does all that mean? He's basically saying you stay with me. Abide means live. Live with me. Walk with me. Talk with me. Relate with me. Commune with me. If you do all that with me, then I'm in you. We together. We, we fighting this thing together. We in this thing together. You Bunny and I'm Clyde, but we doing the thing for the right. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. He's saying basically, what happens to a fruit? When we went to the apple orchard, there was, there was fruit all over the trees. And they were still growing. But then there was fruit all over the ground. What happens to the fruit on the ground? Because it's what? It's detached from the vine. It's detached from the vine. So if you're detached from God, if you're out of balance from God, then guess what? You can begin to rot. You can begin to rot. And then even the rotting process, what? The rotting process is not immediate. Remember what I said about the immediate consequence? See, we can be smelling rotten and not even realize it. Stuff in your refrigerator when it go bad, it don't go bad immediately. It's just one day you walk in the house and you open up the refrigerator, you're like, oh my God, what is that? And then you pour this thing out that used to be a piece of bread or some cheese or something, but now it's purple with hairs all over it. And you saying, well, when did this happen? When did this get put in there? That piece of cheese probably been in there for two years. But it didn't go bad immediately. That's what we do apart from God. Eventually, somebody will come and be like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> and you know the person that will do that? Will be God himself. <laughs> because he, there's called judgment day. Judgment day. Judgment day. When God will come and he will sniff everybody. And he will say, oh, that's a good aroma. Oh, yeah, I like the way that smells. Oh, yeah, sweet flowers. Oh, yeah, sweet perfume. Then it comes to one person and says, Oh, my God, what is that? What is that? Get it, get it out of here. Clean out the refrigerator. Cause, and I'm not saying that. I'm not making that up. It says that in the Word. It says that in the Word. It says what? That you, you prophesied in my name. You did this in my name. But get away from me because I do not know you. You don't smell like me. I smell good. I smell like a sweet fragrance. I smell like strawberries. I smell like, you know, sweet sweet cologne, perfume, or whatever. But you smell like rotten cheese. You got the cheese touch. For the diarrhea kid, folks. For the kids in the back. Kids in the back. They, they would have got that. They would have got that. You don't want to smell like rotten cheese. But you got to realize that it's getting rotten. You got to realize that it's getting right. Amen? Amen. We got to maintain them. Not right now. Give me one second. We got to maintain proper focus. We got to never take our eyes off of where we're going. One last scripture I want you to I want you to look at because, again, maintaining reference is important. We can't allow sin and we can't allow circumstances to get us off focus. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. This is, this is, you can't even allow circumstances to get you out of whack. Because it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested 
in our bodies. What is all that saying? It's saying if you're afflicted, you're going to get hit with something. You're going to get busted with something. You was walking and doing your own way and you was in balance with God. Then all of a sudden, this dude came up and he done messed up your credit because you let him into your, your presence. So now you out of balance. You was walking and doing right. Now the folks on your job started treating you a different kind of way. And you fell out of balance because of the circumstance that was going on. You was afflicted. You was pressed. But he says what? That you did not despair. We can't despair. We can't get upset. We can't get anxious. We can't get we can't get so messed up that we get out of balance with the things that are going on in our life that we lose that maintaining that focus on God. See, God is the focus. He's that He's that yellow part of this, this broom. And as long as I as long as I maintain focus, yeah, I gotta correct myself sometimes. But as long as I maintain focus on that, I can do it. I can walk. I can walk. Matter of fact, thank you, God. Sometimes you losing balance because you ain't even walking. Because sometimes it's just walking. You're not moving. See, if you stand still and try to balance sometimes with God, He like, no, you can't balance. You got to move. You got to walk this thing out. This is a walk. This is a walking on. And you got to maintain your focus. You got to maintain. Sometimes you got to rush. Sometimes you got to run. But you got to maintain your focus. You got to maintain your focus. Even if you bump into something, you can still maintain your focus. If something run into you, you can still maintain your focus. You got to maintain your focus on God. Amen. You got to maintain your focus on God because there's going to be some things that will afflict you. There's going to be some things that will crush you. There's going to be some things that will perplex you. There's going to be some things that will upset you. There's going to be some people that will treat you wrong. There's going to be some people that will not do you right. There's going to be all that in this world. You said that the day has plenty of trouble of its own. He knows that it's going to be trouble. He knows that we're going to be crushed. Paul talks about when they went to Asia. He says that we that we was done so bad that we almost thought we was about to die. But then what is this word we just said right here? He said, but the Jesus that's in me, the, the, die, the Jesus that died that's in me, knowing that I can live. See, it's because we have Christ. Christ did something for us. He died, but then he did what? He resurrected. So that resurrection power is inside of us. So even though we may be perplexed, even though we may be busted, even though we may be disgusted, we got to maintain our focus on God. We got to maintain our focus on the resurrection power. We got to know, we got to be able to speak to those dead things and say, God, right now it's look dead. Right now it's broken. Right now it's disgusted. Right now it's perplexed. Right now I just don't feel right. But I'm going to look to the hill where I come with my help because I know that on you, if I focus on you, if I seek you first and your kingdom and all your righteousness, then everything that I'm looking for shall be added. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to be like a horse with the blinders on. I'm just going to walk and I'm not going to look at what's around me. I'm not going to proceed the wind. Meaning I'm not going to look at the storms of life. Because yeah, they going to blow but I can come out like Jesus and say peace be still. I'm not speaking to myself. I'm speaking to the storm. I'm speaking to the things around me that you got to be still. I'm not going to be moved by you. I'm not going to be moved by that. I'm not going to be moved by this. We got to understand that. We got to get that in. 
We got to get that in. Maintain. 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 Maintain means what? That's the work to be done. It ain't going to just happen by itself. When the maintenance man come to fix something in your house, that's the work that needs to be done. The, the refrigerator don't fix itself. The stove don't fix itself. You got to maintain. You can't fix yourself. You got to fix yourself by maintaining a relationship with God. Maintaining your focus on God. You got to maintain Maintain. That's the first step. I'll talk about the other stuff next week, which I'm finally glad they would say that. Next week. I'll be able to continue on in how we talk about the balance and we're constantly correcting ourselves. That'll be next time. But we got to maintain this. Don't worry about being perplexed. Some, the mere fact that some of us have received this word, you're going to get perplexed. Things are going to come against you. But guess what? You got God. And what does the word of God say? If he be for you, then who can be against you? Let that get inside of you. Don't just hear it and not understand it. Don't just see that word and not perceive it. If God be for you, if God be for you, if he be for you and you, then who who? Think about what that is saying. If you don't get nothing else out of that, out of what I talked about today, if God be for you, who can be against you? But see, there's a trick to that. If, if God be for you. See, some of us don't know if God is for us because we got a balance. See, once you're in balance, then you know God is for you. See, we don't go to God, we think God is not for us sometimes, because we are sinning, secret sins, like Moses, bearing and stuff. Some of us are out of balance because of circumstances. We think we done did too much or been out there too long that God is not for us. But he's for you because, guess what? He said, I gave my son so that none shall perish. None shall perish. So God is for you. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God except for you. That's the who. If God be for you, who can be against you? You. 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 So it's time now to say, I'm not going to be the cause. I'm not going to be the cause. I'm going to get out my own way so that I can maintain my balance with God. If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen.